I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Amber McMillan joins me again. The author and poet just published a collection of short stories, The Running Trees. I read it over the summer and found it fun, insightful, brimming with great characters and dialogue. It was often amusing. I'll get Ms. McMillan to tell us about the stories in the book, about the different forms of writing she deploys, as well as the act of the conversation. A lot of the stories in the book deal with conversations. One's, uh, uh, one has with a loved one, a stranger, themselves. They're conversations that illuminate as much about a character or characters or uh, the reader themselves. Amber McMillan was first on the program in 2016 when her memoir, The Woods, A Year in Protection Island, was published. She's also the author of the poetry collection, We Can't Ever Do This Again. Her writing has appeared in Prism International, Arc Poetry Magazine, and The Walrus. She joined me from her home in Fredericton, New Brunswick, one month ago. This new book is published by Goose Lane Editions. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Amber McMillan. Ms. McMillan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. It's nice to talk to you again. Um, With the title of the the collection, The Running Trees, where where does that come from? Or what does that mean? It comes from um, the title story in the book called The Running Trees, in which two cats talk to each other about... uh, Actually, two cats don't talk to each other. They talk to the reader Mm. about um, sort of the philosophy of finding happiness or um, satisfaction in life. So two really philosophical cats. And one of them describes going to the um, to see a doctor at one uh-huh. point. Um, and in this description uh, uses the term the running trees. Um, and so that I use that as the title of the whole book because without giving away too much sure. um, with you, um, I decided to use it as a title because I think it encapsulates the whole theme of the entire book, which is that perception of an event or, or person or, or anything, conversation, uh-huh. is reliant on one's personal perspective, or not only reliant, but it, it's entirely determined by one's personal perspective. Yeah, you know, the, the, you mentioned the, the, the story, and, and uh, as I recall, the, the, the cats, um, yeah, I was going to say both of them, but it's probably one more than the other, are really talking to themselves, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And which I which I find interesting because that's what what a lot of people do, I guess. And I mean, the the, the voices in our head or the or, or a voice in our head is, is usually, <laughs> I mean, that's really yeah. ourselves, isn't it? Or yeah, I mean, who else could it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. And, um, and I wanted to give the, the the sensation that the reader was a sort of a part of the conversation mm. too, um, even though. The reader won't be participating in the conversation. I want it to feel as though um, you are at least, if you're not overhearing the conversation, if it's not, if it can be more than that, you are involved in the conversation, but one that you can't in any way sort of change. That's like our conversation right now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like our, yeah, we're we're yeah. we're talking to one another, but essentially we're talking to to 
someone else who uh, yeah. uh, is listening. Yeah. Uh, which is just odd, too, because we're, we're taping this se- several weeks before this will actually get posted, so we're actually talking to someone um, yeah. uh, someone else later on, or, or, or and not just a month from now, but could be years from now, you know, knowing what the Internet's all about, right? right. Uh, th- this got me thinking, about as I was reading the book, about conversations that, that, that um, we have with ourselves, obviously, as I mentioned, but, but that we have with others. And um, there are a lot of uh, conversations in the book, and, and they're had in different sort of situations, different settings. So, you know, some are interrogations, some are some are dates. Um, and and what is it that, that interested you about the the act of the conversation? That, that um, I guess is at the, at the heart, if not the the core of, of the, the, the the themes that are explored in these stories. Yeah, um, I'm interested in how much we give away in conversation that we don't uh, really put too much conscious thought into, particularly at the time of the conversation, because our concerns are the conversation itself. So I I wondered, like, if I could strip away all the other details that we usually find in fiction, like hair color or even gender of the characters, even uh, age, you know, um, in some cases, uh, if we can strip all of that away, what are we left with? And can we still understand, like, are there universalisms that um, can go beyond all of those descriptors? And we still make not only sense of it, but we get something from it without knowing anything more than the words being said. Yeah, the, the conceit, though, as I was reading the book, is... is um these characters come alive on the page. Um, and sometimes in some stories, where it's just dialogue that I'm reading. Yeah. The writing yeah. is so infused with the characters. Um, and and so, you know, the inevitable question that I'm sure people will ask is, is how much of your own voice, say, do you see? But um, how do you get it to happen, though, as the writer? That even if it is just you know words that a person is saying, we get to know them um, so yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's just, a, and that was part of the experiment with how much, as a writer, can I push through these words that people are having with each other? How much, you know, how, can I differentiate the voices between each character enough that they're clearly different people with different agendas? The conversation is totally different from the last these kinds of things so that it was it really became an experiment to see how much I could get away with, how much I could take away. Um, <laughs> and, and I left with them. So a lot of it had to do with me actually really trying to get inside the head of these characters that I've made up um, and spend a lot of time with, with them in that way to think about what words would they use, how would they interrupt their own speech with, say, you know, oh God, or um, any other kind of vocal tics that, you know, we have when we talk. Um, And so a huge part of writing this book was actually just trying to figure out who these people were and what made them unique from each other so Mm -hmm. that I I could uh, create a dialogue that sounded like a real dialogue, even though it's not, of course. It's totally invented. And, And so many of the characters are so different from one another 
Um, I couldn't help but thinking as I was reading the book that, that um, as the writer uh, creating all of uh, these people, these situations especially, um, it, it's a lesson in empathy, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really interesting point, yeah. Because there are yeah. characters in this book that I didn't like. And I, I, I really, I really shouldn't read a book like that because I mean, you know, there, there are characters in, in in history that we shouldn't like, but we're still interested in them nonetheless. Sure. Uh, why, yeah. why should it be different in fiction? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't help but thinking that that some of that must must rub off on the reader as well. That that we have to. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many characters there were where I, I was wondering more about them. Even if even if I didn't like them, say. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't that make that doesn't it make the reading experience a bit more fun if you don't like? Yeah, the yeah. Characters, I mean, at least um, at least in that way, it's closer to life, right? Indeed, and, yeah. You're not gonna like people. Not every person, obviously. Sure. Nor you don't like every character. Yeah, I'm interested in that though because I like how we suspend that. You know, we really suspend that that disbelief when we actually start investing emotions into characters, such as, you know, a distaste for or a dislike for, even in some cases maybe even, like, actual hostility toward a character. Yeah, It's amazing that we can generate yeah. that um, kind of empathy, as you say, because that requires empathy, too. Yeah, whether we're cat the people reason. or dog people, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are different forms of writing in the book. I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, a moment ago, uh, sequences where there was just dialogue, say. Um, did, did you enjoy the, the, the process of experimenting, say, with different kinds of writing? I did, yeah, um, because um, I got different things out of different kinds of writing. Um, so I was able to really kind of squeeze out things that I don't think I could have done a different way. Um, so in that regard, I think this was a successful experiment, um, just from the point of view of I was able to get to places that I that I otherwise haven't been able to in fiction writing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's also nowhere near the book that I had originally thought it would be at the same time. So, um, so it's also an epic failure from that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. is in all of life. Um, yeah. the, the, the pieces are titled, but but they also have a, a number. I noticed um, they're yeah. numbered. Um, one would assume that the, the if we take the numbers uh, sequentially, that that um, did you write say as many pieces as, as as we see say in in the in the table of contents? Nowhere near, you know. Um, so how did the numbering yeah. come about? So the numbering came up as a kind of, well, first it was a way for me to keep track of the conversation. Mm. Um, and then it became, it evolved into a joke. What kinds yeah. of numbers could I use? And wh- what would a reader get based, if they if they had to kind of try to figure something out based only on the numbers, what message could I send that way? And then that became an experiment unto itself. And then, you know, some things were cut out of the manuscript. Some things were added later. Um, so now what you have is a bunch of starts and stops of 
uh, you know, a numbering system and how to, how to organize this book um, so that it could actually be talked about later. If I had left it as Conversation 742, yeah. um, I don't know how we could talk about the stories. Um, so I then applied, you know, some kind of a title to it after the fact. So that it could be both a conversation, a random conversation that you're finding, and the title of a story that you could later talk about. But I also thought it, it made it appear as though I was taking um, many conversations out of a giant pool of possible public conversations. Mm. You know, thousands of conversations happening around. And I could pluck conversation 212. Yeah, I should have written it, or at least um, had a list here of, of the uh, so I could refer to them. But but I, <laughs> my memory is pretty uh, uh, good enough that I can I can the, the, the one um, you mentioned organizing the the, the pieces. Um, the um, I don't know how to describe it. The the book club. Yeah. Um, they uh, I can't remember now. Is it three or four scenes? There's three. Three scenes. Okay, so, so, so they appear uh, in various points during the book. Did you, did you think about that, say, in, in terms of how to break it up so that um, um, I, I guess it forces the reader to have to go through the book to, to find them? Yeah. But um, I guess that's a conscious decision between you and your publisher, I suppose, in terms of, of uh, where a story appears or, or in, in between the, the covers, right? Right, yeah, right. Um, the book club was always meant to be a play, mm. um, and so in a, a play in three acts. So act one, act two, and act three, and then that's how we organize it in the book. So one near the front, one near the middle, and then the final one near the end, but not at the end. And those, those are obviously meant to be read or can be read continuously, mm -hmm. but I think they can also be read in these sort of shot bursts as well, just because I think that's in line with the, the kind of reading experience that you're getting from a book like this, where mm -hmm. the conversations are really short. It's easy to read one in a sitting. Um, and I think, like, it's interesting to spread out a story because, it forces you to have to go back to the first one and recall whatever threads were left. Um, and I think it forces you to see these things in parts and in homes. And um, that's sort of what the, the conversation template is about, right? Like, conversations are just little parts. They're just little slices of life. But um, I seem to care. I mean... I think I think there's an an amazing amount of information that can be can be taken from just an overheard conversation on a bus, let's say, yeah, or on a sidewalk. Or it's funny you mentioned yeah. that that you wrote it as a play because um, it, it it is just the essentially the dialogue of the um, of uh, the characters. Uh, there, there is some direction, I guess, in in, in um, you know as, as you'd see in a play. You know how how a, a uh, a set looks like, or or, or uh, how a character comports themselves as they enter a scene, um, but generally it's just the dialogue. You know, I, I was as I was reading it, um, I was reminded. I reminded myself that just before the pandemic, I had the idea of, of uh, joining a book club or looking for one to join. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and then as I was reading your your uh, 
the pieces in the book, um, I realize, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> 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 have you ever joined a book club, say? Uh, no, so I, I have never joined a book club. Um, you know, so I have to do a lot of imagining uh, what a conversation in a book club would be like and what it would sound like. Um, but I've been, you know, I've taken classes where where we were asked as students to read a book and then sure, you talk about yeah. the book. So I imagine it must be something like that, um, except that most people don't read the book. And isn't it much funnier if you, <laughs> isn't it a much funnier meeting if you haven't read the book? <laughs> yeah. That's a feeling I get sometimes because I, I don't usually read fiction. Um, yeah. Because I, my brain doesn't work that way, I can't I can't suspend uh, belief sometimes, and so yeah. yeah. So so for over the the last eighteen years of doing the the, the show, um, I would say probably more than half of the the, the novelists even, um, yeah. I've I've never uh, read the books and um, yeah, it, it's sort of it's sort of like doing that, you know. I mean, you, you, yeah. one has has opinions more than. Um, than, uh, yeah. you know, actual observations even. Exactly, yeah. I did read your book, though. I, 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 found, uh, I, found, <laughs> I found it compelling as I was starting it. I didn't think I'd finish it because I, did, I just didn't think I'd have, have the time to. Um, yeah. But I, I whizzed through it because I wanted to read the book club, and um, I enjoyed a lot of the, the... The other thing that I noticed as I was reading the book is that um, the, 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 the setting... Um, some some of the places I, I recognize because they were the, the, a couple of the pieces were set here in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't been out east or, or even much in central Canada, um, yeah. but the setting comes through in in, in a lot of the stories. Um, does that shape a character? Yeah, Where a story is set, say. Um, I think what it does is shape. Uh, the reader's perspective of a character. So in that way, it shapes a character. Mm. Like, uh, for example, those people who, like you, who recognize a place in Vancouver, um, you might then imbue a certain um, characterization to the people in the story based on your experience with folks at, yeah, yeah. you know, Hastings and... Um, I think, where did I put them? Seymour oh, and... Um, ha- uh, was Seymour in Georgia, I think it was? Oh, okay, yeah, put them all over there, yeah. yeah. So it's just, um, okay, I think in that way, like, those are those are kinds of uh, funny experiments that we do. Um, you know, if I if I place this story in in Toronto, how does it change how you feel about these characters? And do you hate them a little bit more because they live in Toronto? Can you be honest with yourself about that as you read those stories? Does it change what you think about these people if you know that they're sitting in a remote, um, you know, book st- library in some remote town? Um, does it change what you think about those people and what books they're reading and, and what they're talking about? And if you're like, if you can confront those questions, I think then it becomes kind of exciting to read. Um, not because the the book is so exciting, but because you as a reader. <laughs> have to ask yourself these kind of uh, exciting questions, you know, about yeah. how you read things, how do you interact with things, you know. And how you make judgments of, of things just because you, exactly. over, you you hear something. Like there, there's one character in the book, I think it was the first story, um, where 
can't remember who says it. I think it's she uh, who mentions that, oh, he has a house in the annex. And I've never been to, I've been to Pearson probably twice, you know, stopping yeah, over. Yeah. I've never been to yeah, Toronto, yeah. but I automatically knew what she meant or yeah, what he yeah. was like. Right, yeah. Just by that yeah, turn of phrase, exactly. which is, you know, again, it just makes the experience enjoyable, which is why I finished the book. Um, I'm glad to hear it. The, back to the book club for just a sec. Um, yeah. They're such rich characters as, as we, we meet them. Um, by the way, what sort of book are the people in, in the book club reading, say, discussing? Okay, well, that whole story was... Uh, the, the whole book club is about um, the reaction to my book called The Woods, A Year in Protection Island, mm-hmm. which um, is sort of a memoir. Like, it, it has... You know, nonfiction elements, right? Um, and one of the one of the major complaints about that book was that I had used people's real names in the book, and yeah. I didn't change the real names. And so, um, this book club story now in this new book is sort of my imagining of what those people were talking about when they discussed my book, uh-huh. um, because it was pretty. It had a very, they had a very extreme reaction to the book I wrote, the, the folks that were in the book. Um, and so this is kind of more of a comedic retelling of that, just because I think it's, I think above all, we're really funny, right, people? I think we're really yeah. funny. And if we can access that, you know, that part of our conflict, in the world, that it makes things a lot easier. Um, and so that was what was happening in this book club. I was comedically imagining um, a real situation that has, that had really happened to me as a writer. And yeah. the book, the book and the story is a memoir that this, that this woman had had written about uh, living in this place with these people. Did you think the the reaction that some of the characters had uh, to the book in in the stories in the story I should say um, reacted the way they did because the author was female? Yeah, I definitely wanted that to be a possibility. Yeah, I wanted you to ask that question. Yeah, because you know I think we do react differently. Like like we've talked about earlier in this conversation, you know, I think we do judge. We all do uh, judge people, and I mean, in, in many ways, we do it because we have to. It's um, it makes life easier if we have templates that we can work with, right? Certain people can fit into certain boxes, and it makes us feel safe, right? Um, and so I do understand it from that perspective, um, and so. I think it's interesting to think about how we react to men and women, and men and women who take, uh, you know, who take take on something like writing a book about a place. You know, how how would we respond differently if, if that were a man, or if the person was of a different age, or race, or you know, uh, religion, or what? You know, all the different ways we we organize people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 as you were speaking, I couldn't help but but um, think about it because that, that that's something that came up because the, the um, reaction to the author in in yeah. um, 
your your story. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's quite um, colorful is the right word. I'm trying to think. No, sometimes it's often hostile, right? And, yeah. And 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 um, some of the characters were also uh, female who felt that way. And and um, I don't know. As as a guy, I I, um, I don't know if I should should be even. Um, Asking that out loud, even I, you know, but I, I guess we do do that, even though we say we're not um, judging a book by its cover, or, or um, yeah. you know, we're trying to try, trying to act woke. Even um, yeah. these things inevitably come in in, in our thinking, or, or the questions yeah. we ask, even right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. D- d- and, um, pardon me. Sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Another person who who uh, read that said to me, um, I didn't understand why one of the characters, um, the professor, why the professor was defending the writer um, throughout until the end when yeah. it occurred to me, oh, so perhaps he's having a romantic relationship with the writer, and that's why he's defending her. And I thought, oh, well, that's an interesting reading, um, because it's as if the idea is that why would a, a, a man defend this writer unless he had a dog in the fight, I guess? Because we wouldn't just defend someone based on integrity alone. There must be some other reason. Some right? motive, yeah. Um, it, it's funny yeah. you mention it because I was just reminded now of, of the professor and, and this character. Um, because, yeah, I was I was wondering why he said the sort of things he did. Uh, you know, at, at first I thought he was just trying to... to um, Offer a, a a a different perspective than what was happening, or, or trying to um, yeah, uh, as, yeah, or or, or, or encourage a, a conversation by taking a different yeah. side. Um, yeah. But then I realized um, at one point it's such a guy thing to do when when in a group of people mm-hmm. to sort of mm-hmm. e- either pit people together <laughs> mm-hmm. or yeah. or um, um, try to uh, and, and I thought well wait a minute he's, he's called the professor for um, a reason he's probably um, you know thinking back to all those days in, in, in class where um, yeah. yeah you have to sort of um, uh, get your students to think a different way yeah so you do yeah. take the other side play the devil's advocate if you will yeah. Um right. But at the same time, but then it's just also patronizing, sort of, to bring that into a group like this, where, where these are <laughs> yeah. willing participants rather than, say, a group of students who are, who are forced to be there. Totally. Right? Yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was a character. I I, um, I don't know if I didn't like him, but I, I found him. I guess I recognized him from from people I've met over the years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. Just a little bit. Too sure of his opinion. Oh right? yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because there there, there are uh, women in the in the in the story who are um, recalcitrant, if you will. Yeah. Um, and yet I didn't find that offensive as I did say him. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that says more about me, I think, than anything ever. <laughs> Are, are you though a, a writer who is concerned about how your work is read? I mean, does it, does it matter to you how people perceive it? I mean, it matters in so far as it's really. I find it really interesting to hear how something that I made is 
being interpreted, especially mm. when it's being interpreted totally differently than what I had intended. I find that's the best. Um, because uh, it becomes this book that doesn't feel like mine anymore, and it feels like we're reading a book together and talking about it. Um, like when I talk to you about, like, right now as we're doing, or uh-huh. in, in another format like this, um, rather than me trying to tell you what I think the book should be about, it's, yeah, I find it much more interesting to talk about what you got from it, or how it made you think about things, like men and women, for example, in this book club, and whether this writer would have been treated differently if she were a woman, uh, sorry, if she were a man. Um, Like, that's way more interesting to me than discussing anything that I meant by anything. But, but yeah, I I think overall what I want to say is that by the time the book becomes a book book and not a manuscript anymore, Uh it, it very much doesn't feel like I have any rights to it anymore. It feels like a public um, thing that anybody can go pick up should they want to. And I hope they do. Yeah, well, the pe- people should because it it it, um, it provo- provokes thought that that I otherwise wouldn't have um, say engaged in had I not well, read it. That's the best compliment I could. That thank you. I really appreciate that. The, the, the thing that I got. Well, you're very welcome. The, the thing that I got as I was reading the book is, is, is the sense um, of you um, as the writer. Um, that you're someone who is who um, is uh, curious about people. Um, yeah. And so I'm wondering, um, is that curiosity something that you've always had, or is it is it say developed more because you are a writer and and you have to come up with characters in your work that um, you notice these things that people do say? I can't think of. I don't know a time that I wasn't interested or I wasn't listening to people talking around me, yeah. So I want to say, I want to tell you, I think it's always been there. I, I remember as a child sitting under the dining room table um, just so that I could listen to my parents talking uh, and them talking to their friends in this adult way that mm. they, they wouldn't talk about. They wouldn't talk in that way if I if they knew I was there. Yeah. So if I could hide myself, I felt like I got a real cool insight into the adult world that I would have never, it was like a magic trick, you know. And then also I had a lot of brothers as a kid, so I would sneak around and listen to my brothers talking too. Again, for the same reason, that they would change the way they spoke if they knew I was, I was there. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've always wanted to get uh, some sort of backstage pass access. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the fascinating thing as I'm reading the book is is um, one realizes just how they they comport themselves in various situations and 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 um, how that itself reveals a lot about a, a person, a lot about a character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns on a dime, doesn't it? I mean, it's a moment to moment, or second to second, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, pardon go me. Ahead, sorry. No. <laughs> I, I was uh-huh. I was just going to say that that um, it, it's fascinating how um, our perceptions um, also can react as quickly as, as say we we you know put up these artifices of our of ourselves because yeah. we, we are complex people aren't we? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And the the, the story where um, the airport story, where someone is stuck in an airport. Yeah. Um, I think too. I mean, that's a good example of what you're talking about in the sense that our perspectives can change in a second. Um, depending on what we're confronted with, with, right? Like what what sudden evidence, you know, becomes available to us, like um, can really change how we've thought about something, sometimes even our whole lives, right? If, if we're suddenly confronted by evidence that, that has to change our perspective, what are you left with? How do you, how do we as people move past that inevitability, right? Mm. Um, there's a lot in the book that's also funny. Um, good. I'm, I'm wondering, do, do you laugh out loud as you write? <laughs> no. No, I've never done that. Really? No. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird, though, because I talked to a lot of writers who write things um, in coffee shops or in public places, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's a very solitary experience, and I'm wondering if that, if that ever happens to a writer, as they sit there with a crowd. Well, not probably recently, but you know, in in the past, where they um, just burst out laughing. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, some other kind of reaction to whatever they're writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, at your house, is it shoes on or shoes off? Oh, ha ha ha! You know, it's mostly shoes on. Um, but I've learned that this can be a very serious uh, question, and I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Some people take shoes on and shoes off very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Filipino, and I'm right? the only Asian I know yeah. who's shoes on. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. It's almost always shoes off. Yeah. It's always shoes off. Yeah. Every, 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 yeah. every Asian. Uh, a person I know, it's always shoes off, and oh, really? and so um, uh, people come to, to 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 the house or to, to the office downstairs, and and um, um, and it's not just Asians who ask us; that people are polite when they come in, and and yeah. they're almost insisting that they'll take their shoes off, and I'm like, no, you can keep them on, uh, especially in yeah. the office because it's an office; it's not um, people are coming and going. Yeah, it's not yeah. a bedroom, say you know, and and you yeah, know. right. Um, these are just things I wrote down as I was re- reading your book. Um, the epigraph is a quote from uh, Carson McCullers, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Um, yeah. I, I've never read the book. I've only seen the movie, and I actually quite like the oh. movie a great deal. And right. Which was fascinating that, that I read the um, the quote that you used, and I knew who said it and in what context. Um is it a book that one should read? Do you recommend yeah, it, say? Yeah. I really do. Um, and it's fascinating because it's written, it was written by such a young person, like Carson McCullers was so young when she wrote yeah. that book. Um, so it's even more, you know, remarkable because of it. But, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. I think this is a case of a writer who studied people and, and watched them and listened to what they were saying and, and put together... I mean, I think that book is among one of the greatest, you know, like a, a great literary achievement, really, um, to put it to put it plainly. So, yeah, I would absolutely recommend the book. I should, I should start a book club then, right? Maybe start a bit of a book club, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, uh, did you, you obviously didn't write the, the, um, the stories in, in this collection sequentially. Um, yeah. When you are working with your publisher in terms of, of uh, putting the book together itself, um, how, I already mentioned this a moment ago. Um, it seems like I'm asking the same question again. But what sort of thought goes into where a story appears, say, in in the book? Yeah, I don't know that there. I, I mean, we didn't have my editor and I didn't have any sort of special program that we adopted for that. Um, but we did sort of experiment with moving stories around a little, and I think it had to do with if this book were to be read from beginning to end. How would I like the stories, in what order would I like them to reach the reader, right? So would I want you to have read, you know, these three stories before you read this fourth one? Yes, I've decided I do want you to do that, right, for example. So it's really, uh, I mean, it sounds arbitrary, but there was a more, there was sort of an emotional uh, journey that I wanted the reader to take in this order. <laughs> yeah. Although I know that people don't read books from cover to cover, typically. They put them Sh- down. Short stories. Or, yeah, collections, yeah, especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, 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 uh, when I, when I got the book, I thought, um, will I, because I've done this with other short story collections, is I've, I've um, gone through the, say, table of contents, and and picked out say when you do an interview, um, usually read the title story, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you you um, depending on how much time you have, you you'll read only the shortest ones, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or you read say the longest one, and then you can focus the interview on that. Oh, yeah. Um, or uh, but in this case, because because you, your publisher sent it to me um, electronically, so oh, I, yeah. so I don't have a physical copy. Um, okay. I was sort of forced to read it, um, uh, not sort of, I was forced to read it um, in chronological order. Okay. And so, yeah. and, and so I just found it fascinating that, that um, as I was reading this, I, I, I'm curious, I, I was very curious to know um, what thinking was going on in terms of, of how the stories were placed, because it, it did provide me with this experience um, by the end of it where I thought, it made sense, if you will. Oh, yeah, that's what I was hoping. Yeah. yeah. The question is, why does it make sense? Well, uh, nothing. Uh, I'm not going to be able to answer that for you, but I think that perhaps you could answer that. Yeah, I'm glad that the 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 third act of the book club wasn't at the end. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I just think it would be predictable, if you will, or. Um, yeah. Cheesy, if you will, but I mean, yeah. because it just—it just seems like it's the last sto- uh, part of this one story, yeah. and at the end of the book. But then there were stories afterwards, which I, I you know, it, it, I, I got to the point where I thought, hey, there's there's more to the book here now. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not just a book club business. Yeah, it's it's a, the, 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 almost the last couple of stories were like bonuses, if you will. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I did want to include stories that weren't uh, dialogue as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Traditional story format, I guess. Which was enjoyable because, yeah, I, I um, um, 
sometimes too much exposition from the author can be tiresome. Um, yeah. And sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I used to regard dialogue as simply, you know. Filler. Sure, or or a different project that got included because they needed to fill oh, the right. pages. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's my, my cynical self here um, speaking. <laughs> Um, but, um, no, it just makes sense when you, when you're reading it, That's the other thing that I noticed that, um, some of the reviewers have, have said of the book that a, uh, unique voice has emerged in, in the writing. Um, what's it like to hear that? And then at the same time realize that, you know, they've, they've read, um, different kinds of writing. Yeah. I don't know what it means to hear that, um. Again, like it's funny. Like when you when you tell me what a reviewer has said, I mean, I I just regard it as an interesting story about what somebody thought about something, rather mm. than what someone thought about me. So when you say, "What does it feel like to hear that?" Uh, it doesn't feel like they're talking about me, or like it doesn't feel personal. So I'm very detached from it. Um, I wonder if that's just a defense mechanism now that I'm saying it. I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Because if if um, if I said some, something uh, that I read was was negative about you or the work, yeah, um, I wouldn't expect you to to, to take that um, seriously. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you have to take the good with the bad, right? I mean, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Or this book says no more about me than. Um, then my dress is about me. That is, I've, I've chosen to wear this dress, and, and you can take from that what you will, what that means about me. Um, but it, it's no more indicative of who I am than the book I chose to write. I think I feel it, I feel that way about it. You know, uh, it's part of me, but it's not the whole, like, you know, it doesn't have that much to do with me. Are you working on something um, else now? Yeah, I'm working on a, another poetry book because um, mm. I want to return. I, my first book was a poetry book, so um, I'm gonna. I'd like to return to that uh, kind of thinking because I, I do find poetry to be a really different way to interact with the world than than stories, mm-hmm. um, and requires such a different kind of approach. And so I'm looking forward to that. I've been working on this one this book for about a year now or so, so and when where do you work um i mentioned writers who write in say coffee shops or, or somewhere busy like that are you are you uh, the same or do you work elsewhere so i have an office that i work in um but i have a computer like a laptop mm-hmm. that i use for writing which is not uh the computer i use for doing everything else so you know i, I have a separate computer for writing, and I usually like to, you know, sit down on a couch or a chair, something comfortable, with my laptop, um, and write uh, by myself. That's fascinating. You have a, a different um, unit altogether. Um, do, yeah. do you think if you use something else, even a desktop? I don't. Know, do people still have desktops? Yeah, um, I have a desktop. Yeah. Um, is is the writing different, or is is it? Um, are you less productive? Say. Yeah, I'm less productive if I'm if I'm doing it on a work computer. Huh. I've associated work computer with with work, <laughs> not with creativity, you know, or something. Yeah. 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 
Um, I've kept it longer than I said I would, but I, I've so enjoyed the, the, the book and um, that, that I, I had so many things I wanted to ask about it and, and uh, inevitably, invariably, I should say, enjoyed our conversation. Oh, uh, God, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Congratulations on the on the collection and, and continue good luck with it. Say hi to Nathaniel for me, would you? I will. Thanks, Joseph. The book is called The Running Trees. It's published by Goose Lane Editions. Its author, Amber McMillan, joined me on the line from Fredericton. In Vancouver, I'm Joseph Plunton.